0: hey you like pez it looks like that here's heaney from the boundary line he's an expert at these from the boundary
1: line. hello and welcome to behind the boundary podcast i'm your host pez and i'm with sources as, as the co-host and uh He's a little bit nervous. He hasn't been speaking too much in the pre-show, but uh, his Geelong Cats are in the grand final against the Richmond Tigers tomorrow in the first night grand final and the first grand final at the Gabba.
0: Yes, and the first uh, grand final that one of our teams has been in since we've been uh, doing our little podcast. So very exciting stuff. And uh, we were just talking then how it's going to be <laughs> on our next show when we have to review the grand final if it's a, a losing grand final.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was trying to uh, book the show in for the, <laughs> for the review, but I did think about when St Kilda were losing grand finals uh, <laughs> back in the day and I thought, you know what, I wouldn't have been ready by the Monday because I walk home without speaking. I didn't speak the next day and probably didn't go to the work, <laughs> work for the next week after that. So um, I don't know how you're going to pull up, but we have scheduled it in for Monday. It'll probably be Tuesday, Wednesday of the following week, I'd imagine.
0: It will definitely depend on uh, how Geelong play (laughs) and uh, how the grand final unfolds. The grand
1: final, if you win, you'll ring me at 11 (laughs) o'clock on the night going... Jump on Zoom. Let's get it, <laughs> let's, let's get, get this get going.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the old Tomacock will be out, mate, and, and uh, it'll be uh, it'll be all parties. But it is definitely going to be a different grand final. Um, it's going to be the, the sort of first one that I'm not actually able to go there. You know, Geelong member, I've been there to, for all the wins. Uh, unfortunately, you without. didn't
1: want to quarantine two weeks ago. You weren't weren't confident well, enough. I said
0: to you, I said to you, I was I was pretty keen. I couldn't get the time off work if I was still doing um, some you know mostly remote sort of learning and mostly um, online sort of. Uh, uh, work I, I probably could have done it but uh, uh, went back to work so i no. thought this was our this is our job isn't it i mean my part-time <laughs> job yeah the, the one that sort of you know the, the hobby the hobby i'm talking about. <laughs> not a full-time gig but definitely a different uh, grand final week normally the grand final week is oh it's just it's filled with um you know great afl stories you find out about all the different things that have been happening throughout the year that players have been playing with injuries and, and stories but there's excitement it, it builds up but,
1: but this year it's been all about the the trade week and the the trade radio and free agency we're not going to mention that yet because we are going to do a show next week about that and sum it up for the last month but it's been happening for a long time and i think it's taken a little bit away from the grand final to be honest
0: yeah a little bit and i think another reason that we haven't had so many stories come out is normally you find out about a whole range of different things that have happened. Throughout the year in the lead up And they're keeping it very hush-hush Because of the hub business And you know it's a very interesting week Not only for, for supporters Because uh, Richmond and Geelong Have both been staying in the same hotel In, the, in their hub life they're, Apparently their kids have been playing together They've been having breakfast uh, sessions together Throughout you know and throughout the season Obviously not this, this week Probably a little bit different But crazy scenes And uh, question without notice Pez Grand final this year The premiership winner Whoever it is Asterix or no asterix I'll go for St. Kilda, so it's an asterisk.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I did say that someone at work earlier in the week, I said to them, um, no matter who you go for, if you go for the winner of the premiership, it counts and it's special. If you're one of the other 17 clubs, you're going to say that it's an asterisk and, and you don't care. But in all honesty, and if I put my an analysis hat on... you're yeah, um, actually going to do that this week. You're not just going to continue <laughs> to play with your heart. i been trying for, for almost a month, mate, to get you to put that hat on. If I if I do that, uh, this premiership counts as, as any other. It's no more special and it's no less special. The season has happened. It's been the same rules for everyone. It's been a 17-game season for everyone. There's been nothing... Different about it. West Coast would have still played away in those other games. They they stuffed it up for themselves. They didn't finish top four and they couldn't do that. The first time ever that third and fourth have played against each other, uh, it's, it's, it's big time because none of those, Port Adelaide and Brisbane, couldn't win. They were at home in the prelim final, couldn't win. So these two teams deserve to be there. They're playing at the Gabba, which is a little bit different. The MCG turf will be there for when they run out. But <laughs> uh, it's it means as much as any other
0: yeah and i think i think one thing that i'm happy about obviously that geelong's there but if i do the same thing as you and i put on that sort of analytical hat i think it's good that two teams that spent a majority of time within the hub and didn't get a home ground advantage have made it i think that's that makes it a little less of an asterisk oh that's,
1: that's good because you won't talk about um geelong playing at
0: skilled or mcg in the future and you won't complain about that. That's good. I I just think that, you know, you talked about everyone was under the same circumstances, but actually that wasn't true because we did have Port Adelaide and Brisbane and West Coast and obviously, you know, those other sort of um, state teams that did have that sort of advantage. I think it's good that two teams that had to isolate and and isolated for a hundred and something days and, you know, really felt the whole impact of the COVID have actually made it to the grand final. I think that sort of puts it more of an even playing field. You know, I don't think I would have been happy if – Brisbane playing a home final there, obviously it happens in Melbourne, but, you know, they haven't really felt the, the gruelling task. It's just been day-to-day business for them. Same with, you know, West Coast and Port Adelaide being able to have their own sort of home finals. I think it is good for a little less of an asterisk overall. You think it helped
1: Geelong because uh, they're on the Gold Coast, they're on um, they're at Brisbane. They didn't have to travel up from Geelong all the way to Brisbane to play the prelim.
0: Yeah, yeah, most definitely. That, that could have definitely helped you. And you're never going to know because it's obviously hindsight and you're never going to have those sort of, you know, the sliding door sort of aspect. But it is interesting to think, um, and I think it's good, and it's interesting that the teams that played probably the best, the two best teams through the final series have been probably Richmond and Geelong, and both those teams have had isolation for for the most both teams those teams went over to perth when they had to uh, isolate in perth for for that for that month then they went straight from there to brisbane and they've been there ever since i think it's a hundred and something days of of isolation Yeah,
1: about 108 the other day so it'll be it'll be something a little bit more than that by the time they finish up, they did get their families in the hub, as you mentioned, the kids and things before uh, mingling at, at dinners and things in the, they'd the lo- parents. They'd be loving it, wouldn't they? <laughs> not able to control what oh, they were doing, God. but um, it, it's been weird because the hub they'd had more teams than that, and then when teams get eliminated, they eventually leave and go home, and then there's only two
0: left, yeah. and they're the only two left in the competition. Yeah. It's it's crazy stuff. It's got a little bit of the uh, NCAA, the you know the Cinderella, Cinderella story, the. Uh, the, the, the final four, the last two standing, and it really is the last two standing. And then, you know, we were talking about this during, uh, I think it was our last show that we were talking, maybe it was in private, is when the team wins, what do they actually do? Like Geelong can obviously, if they win, they can go back to Melbourne. They've got to quarantine <laughs> for, for a little while. They can't go and party. they probably spend another week up on the Gold Coast and just go and let loose, go nuts. I,
1: I can guarantee you whoever <laughs> wins is going to do that. And whoever loses is probably going to do that as well <laughs> yeah. because they need to do their Mad Monday. They need to... They need to get up and about and doing that because uh, a big time to to quarantine and things after they do their Mad Monday and they have a couple of days of uh, <laughs> recovery, <laughs> uh, yeah, recovery. Then they can get back to their families. They can they can do the right thing. But some of their families are up in Queensland, so some of them might not even come back to Melbourne, depending on what happens on Sunday with this lockdown stuff.
0: Very interesting stuff. Very interesting, and it'll be interesting for for the fans as well because if uh, Geelong gets up tomorrow, then uh, Geelong they're out of the they're out of um, isolation. They're, they're sort of in the country restrictions. They've got pubs open tomorrow. That place will be nuts, and it'll be very interesting to see what happens in Melbourne if Richmond win because we remember last time that they won. Uh, Punt Road was the whole street on fire almost. The whole street was a lot. gone. Um, I
1: I honestly had not thought about that yet. But even if Geelong win, like
0: what what's going to happen? Like, well, the pubs are open up there, so John will be in the pub
1: tonight today on the public holiday in Victoria, and they'll be there tomorrow. I
0: was trying to find a way down there, Piers. I was trying to find any excuse. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to (laughs) (laughs) someone sign my document, please, (laughs) please, please.
1: (laughs) But then you've got Richmond, like you did say, 2017, 2019. Yeah, same thing. They won the premiership. The punt road closed down. No cars could get through. Uh, is anyone even going to be there cuz you look in the city you watch on Twitter people are going to people have been going there and everything's closed down like if Crown Casino is closed down and the lights are off <laughs> you're in trouble Melbourne
0: Yeah most definitely and it, it's just going to be a different vibe tomorrow and especially with the game probably finishing about 10:30ish you know there'll be the, the Victoria will be dead in, like at night time it's already pretty dead as it is it'll be completely dead and then they'll be interesting to see what the drones catch after uh, about ten thirty. what ends up happening after 10 30.
1: now conspiracy theory we've we spoke about conspiracy theories last <laughs> week as well <laughs> but the reason they made it a night grand final i think is because I they I heard this yeah because they knew victoria were going to be in lockdown and if it was a day grand final it'd be very easy if you back onto an alleyway or a park or a golf course knock your back fence down for the day put a big screen out the back oh, I back onto a, a <laughs> bit of an alleyway, and I've been thinking about it. Put a big screen out there, knock it down, invite the whole suburb around, whoever's <laughs> within 25Ks, go and have a little picnic there, 1.5 metres. You'll still be you'll still be safe. It'll still be legal, and you can watch the, watch the game on the big screen. But they've put it at night, and the weather's not too good.
0: Yeah, not, no, no reason why you can't get a little iPad out, Pez. Just the old iPad <sighs> out there. Twenty people gathered around the iPad. Uh, everyone loves a on big top of, screen for on top the, of the grand final, on top of the mate, Come on. Hey, what would you prefer having it on a small screen by yourself? Small small scre- screen by myself. Uh, sorry, big big screen by yourself, or a small screen filled with uh, all of your closest mates that you normally would gather in a grand final.
1: You know what? Being in Victoria, being in the lockdown uh, state, I'd probably have to do it on Zoom.
0: No Don't have to follow the rules We've done we've done Zoom a couple of times for AFL And uh, it is not even close to the same And we've been working on a couple of del- Obviously the game's going to be free to air tomorrow But we've been working on a KO delay <laughs> And it's been very frustrating Can you pause for 30 seconds and I'll catch up What are you up to? He's yeah, throwing it in now
1: <laughs> We've been watching uh, games in the, in the rounds Is what Source is talking about And uh, sometimes one of us is on Foxtel And one of us is on KO <laughs> Because the game's not on free to air TV So Uh, we're just going, yep, pause, uh, (laughs) 16.25, now 16.24, 16.23. And we had to do that a couple of times during those games. But uh, it was much better fun watching it with someone on Zoom than by yourself. So I think that's what will happen on Saturday. But I think a lot of people will be
0: breaking the rules. I think there will be a lot of that going on, Piz, And uh, it's a real shame that... We weren't allowed out, but obviously that was the, the safest thing to be doing and that was uh, the, what's best for us in the long longevity of things. We're not getting into a political debate. I can see your face the eyes you raising see, there. You see, you talk about the safest thing to do, but uh, yes, you're outside,
1: but if you go to anywhere that's like a park area now, or I've never seen so many people exercise in these last three months, I'll tell you that. Exactly right. That's healthier, isn't it? It's healthier, so it might have helped, but there can be – 500, 600, 700, 800 people yeah. in the one area that are really, really close. So if one of those people actually have the virus, they can start to spread it. But we're down to 5.5 on the rolling average of 14 days. Had one case today, so hopefully it's less tomorrow. Daniel Andrews was always going to go no grand final. What he should have done, and this is my, my vote, one other household you can have together mm-hmm. to watch the grand final because if you're with your mate, and no one would have complained, yep. but now lots of people are going to break the rules and
0: and have a grand final barbecues, parties, things like that. I think what, you know, when we said we we're not going to get into it, but we'll quickly get into the political side of things. I think that the people who are breaking the rules are going to do that anyway. But when you've, when you've had so many things um, sort of taken away from Victorians, not being able to go have a beer with your mate, watch the grand final, one other household, I think that those people who have obeyed the rules for so long – and with the numbers coming so, some close, so close to being down, I think there's going to be a lot of people that break the rules. And I think that because you're not allowed to do with one mate, there will be people having little parties going on. And if they just come out and said, hey, you can do it with one other household, I, you know, not just me personally, but there are a lot of people out there who would probably just be like, you know what, I'll just go and do the right thing.
1: Yeah, and and people would have. And that, that's all some people want. Yeah. Some people just want that one mate to go. If you've got a group of four, two mates go in one house, two mates go in... Some other blokes house within the kilometer range and and you're
0: good to go it's, it's well, ready to go. my sister so you know i've been living with my parents for, the, for this iso time and uh my sister mad geelong fan normally we go to the football together haven't seen her in, in since the since it all started we're actually going to be watching the grand final apart and if we could have had her over there that would have been enough for us that would have been perfect
1: and that's who you would have chosen and that's that's what you would have done and uh, I don't know if they realize how how much this means. It but means,
0: it means a lot more than than people are making out. And I think people are really underestimating how important it is, and how football has really kept people sane during this pandemic. Um, and yeah, I just I, I feel like they could have made some adjustments to the rules to ensure safety still was applied. And it was you know it was a bit of a reward and a thank you to everyone for for doing the right thing during yeah. this.
1: Look. I agree with what you say, but it's not a thank you and it's not a reward. I think it would have been the smart thing to do for the government because doing what they did and saying no one in the households, only outdoor things, uh, I think that's going to create more problems for them. I think that's going to create more people breaking the law. If they just said one other household can come in to your household, watch the grand final together and then go home or do whatever you want, stay over, uh, I think that would have created less people breaking the, the law and and less police presence having to be available they're all all going to be available i don't know how they're going to go with fining and things because if you're a policeman you're not just a policeman yeah you're a, you're a citizen and you're feeling this as well and you know what's going on so you might knock on a door and go like just quiet down or or do this
0: yeah you, you, whoever's in that household has half an hour to uh make themselves scarce by the time we come back and have a little bit of knock through or hey hey lads just keep it down a little bit or or whatever it is but you're right it's it's yeah, it's probably it probably was the smartest thing to do is to actually open it up for you know, give a little, give a little, just a tiny bit. It didn't need to be a lot. You didn't have to go crazy. People would have complained anyway. Just give us a little. Pe- people are still going to complain oh, no always, matter what. Always,
1: but I think less people would break the rule rules if they did that. So, um, but what are we here to do? We're here to speak about the grand final and uh, Richmond play against Geelong at the Gabba.
0: Yep. Geelong playing Richmond, 7.30 start. Pez, the first thing off the bat when we're talking about uh, grand final day, before we get into the actual teams, mate, is night grand final. A little bit weird, isn't it?
1: Very weird, especially when it's up at the Gabba. Uh, in Queensland, they've got the hot weather up there and there can be some, some dew and things like that. There's been a lot of talk about the, the weather with the thunderstorms and things uh, and Richmond being the better wet weather team. We saw Geelong uh, defeat Fremantle. Uh, oh, in torrential in the year, rain. In torrential rain. That was the worst weather we saw all year. Uh, but Richmond have been known in the last four years to, to play well in the wet.
0: Yeah, so it's uh, predicted to be 27 degrees tomorrow. Uh, about seven o'clock, we're looking at about 22, 23 degrees. So still quite hot. Warmer Se- than Melbourne. <laughs> 71% chance of rain. So it's probably going to be wet, dewy, and. Uh, You're right it does suit um richmond's sort of style of football but as we've said i think that it'll be the team that adjusts um not only to the weather but to the game style we've said this the whole series that 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 will take the chocolates but let's get back to this night grand final pez because i've been having a little bit of a conundrum because i don't actually know how to approach tomorrow i love to have a bit of a frothy obviously i'm going to be extremely nervous here we go i'm going to be extremely nervous Normally, my routine starts off about ten thirty. I have uh, you know the the grand final breakfast. A couple of times I've actually been to the grand final breakfast. They've moved it to a grand final brunch, so that's in of, Queensland. Yep, confuses me a little bit there, so I can't go to that obviously. Then I normally get to my mate's house. We sit down. We watch the longest kick, which is not going ahead this year. They're going to do a review of the longest kick, and that's normally when I start to have my first couple of froths, All right? And then normally don't you know you get up into the game, and about three o'clock it starts. The first quarter normally I probably don't have a beer because it's just. Pure enjoyment of football And then you continue But tomorrow I actually don't know how to approach it at all
1: 7.30 you said the start was didn't Yeah you? That, That's going to be tough Because uh, I haven't been involved in a grand final with my team since 2010 You haven't been involved since 2011
0: So what, what did you do in 2011? Did you Went to the game <laughs> You went to the game <laughs> I got up uh, Got about 6.30 Caught a train into the city Had uh, a nice breakfast in uh, South Bank With uh, the bloke that I go to the football with we had a couple of cheeky bar uh, breakfast beers, and then we went to the the park outside where the the is. We had a bit of a kick around with the footy. We had a couple more beers, watched the you know the the festivities going on, and then we got to our seat and That's it. had a few more beers <laughs> to try and relax a bit. Well,
1: see, twenty ten, the last like every time we've been in the grand final except for ninety seven because I was too young. I've been to the grand final, so it's a little bit different. So when you're not in the grand final, it's always about the mates. And you're with your mates and, you, and you're doing things. Like 2018 was a, was a great memory. With your mates, West Coast versus Collingwood. West Coast coming back from five goals down it, a quarter Any time. opportunity you have to
0: bring this up. We bring <laughs> yeah, it up, mate. You any got opportunity. It, you opportunity got. Dom Sheed. <laughs> oh.
1: Every opportunity. Dom Sheed, absolutely amazing. Shout out to Salty, who's a, who's a great <laughs> listener. He's been a part of the show as well. Um, he'd be loving it right now.
0: He would be. But, uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of people tomorrow, especially with the Cox Plate going on uh, throughout the day. There's going to be a lot of people that, one, lose a lot of money throughout the punt because it is uh, one of those days where even your uh, regular bettors jump on the punt uh, with the AFL. And then you've got the race as well. And there's a lot of people, I think, that aren't going to make the distance.
1: Oh, it's be, 730, a, you, 7.30. Usually people are asleep by 7.30 because the grand final finishes about 5, 5.30, 6 o'clock around there. And... Uh, You've got to actually make it that day. People are still going to think, you know what, it's grand final day so we're going to start at the same time and what's going to happen? We're going to start at the same time, we're going to drink and then we're going to pass out. Probably before the game so a lot of
0: people are actually gonna miss it. Yeah, I know it is predicted to be the most watched AFL grand final ever But they haven't taken They into haven't consideration. taken that <laughs> into account have they? <laughs> have not taken into consideration all the uh the people out there that are going to uh crow a little bit earlier uh <laughs>
1: They won't be able to turn their tv off though, so maybe they are oh, right. Maybe,
0: yeah, probably Because <laughs> uh, you and I when we read that stat the most most anticipated to be the most watched grand final ever we're like that can't be right, but then we thought about it. Well, there's a hundred thousand people who aren't actually going to the game, so there's a hundred. You know, probably not a hundred thousand. Probably looking about seventy thousand. Seventy thousand more TVs that are watching, which is correct. Um, but it's very interesting. Nighttime obviously offers a different audience across worldwide as well. Oh,
1: exactly. <laughs> I don't. I don't know the time zones in other other countries, but America have had with the coronavirus. America have had a little bit of interest in the AFL this year, so uh, we will see what happens over there but uh replays and things will be watched geelong versus
0: richmond Uh, it's going to be big it's going to be massive like right now in america you talked about the time difference it's about one o'clock in the morning there for for over the um the western side of the country so you're probably looking about you know the early sort of morning session for them so not a great timing for them i thought it was a little bit better no not great um but yeah let's get into the actual game i've avoided it long enough pez i am extremely nervous um I've been all right until we started talking, so um, I sat down there. here to actually talk footy. but You've been talking everything but footy. because oh, it's, like, it's hard. Since we started so hard. This. Um,
1: how, how long have we been recording for? Uh, about 15, 20 minutes. 15 <laughs> or 20 minutes, you've been avoiding it. We have to talk about the game. We have to talk about the footy. We're going to talk about both teams and so are you, Sauce. We're going to talk about why Richmond can win and what their weaknesses are. We're going to do the same thing for Geelong and then we're going to give a tip.
0: Yeah, and we are going to um, try our best to analyse things for extremely um, just analytical stats. Uh, We're talking about game plans, we're talking about players, advantages, uh, and try our best because we have, as discussed last week, it is quite hard to give a tip when you do have an investment in it. Pairs, obviously, interested to hear your tip when we get down to it because normally you go for the interstate side. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get down to you, that at the end. But not
1: even interstate. It's usually because it's two Victorian teams, obviously. In the finals, I go for the team that I don't want – I go for the team that I want to win the most because I don't want the other team to win. Yeah, so like it's,
0: it's who, who you like least. Who, who I like least – I will go for them. Yeah, and that sort of makes sense. All right, let's get underway. Richmond have had an absolute um, perfect season. They've peaked at the right time. They have. um, They finished, you know, after very similar to Geelong. It's the first time in a in a grand final that the teams both losing in the first week. And not finishing top two have made it through to a grand final which is a crazy stat i, I didn't believe that at all unbelievable, unbelievable. so uh they've had a, a pretty good final series they were a little bit unlucky through their first game against brisbane they probably should have um put them away in that last quarter but they are, have been one of the the better performing teams throughout the final series uh led by of course no other than dusty martin he has been an absolute superstar this final series
1: yeah it's interesting you've got the Dusty martin versus dangerfield uh, they've been all over the media at the moment, but Dustin Martin isn't even the captain. And if you ask the average fan who the captain of uh, Richmond is, they wouldn't—they probably wouldn't be able to tell you. Source.
0: What do you reckon? Uh, it's hard to tell, but I, but I, uh, yeah, probably not. Probably Cochin. Uh, a lot of people wouldn't even remember that he still plays for Richmond. <laughs> well, there you go. And and that's
1: the thing. But Richmond—they've they've got the side, they've got the experience, and they're playing at the Gabba. Geelong probably have the advantage this season with playing more games at the Gabba and being undefeated. Richmond have lost there at the Gabba this year and played a lot less games. But we've got to talk about their strengths. So their strengths, you've got Tom Lynch up forward who no matter what he does on the field, he's actually playing in the grand final. So it doesn't even matter what he does on the field because he's going to be playing the whole time barring injury and he is an amazing forward, takes strong marks, can kick goals, can kick kick it accurately. You talk about that midfield. You've got Dion Prestia in there. Dustin Martin is he going to play midfield? Is he going to go forward? He's going to do both on the day. We we know that. Cochin uh, Edwards just came back in in the final series. He's a, he's another good player. He can go forward and kick goals. Shay Bolton has actually oh. gone forward because he did play midfield. Shay Noodles has taken that spot. He's played out of the goal square in the final series and and come in and kick goals.
0: Mate, he has had an absolute ripper final series and really established him as one of the the, the, the young guns of the Tigers, but not only the Tigers of the league. For him to be able to stand up in these this this sort of a platform in this big game his role in the St Kilda victory he almost won that game off his own back and set themselves right up for the for the right you know the, the right direction same with the Port Adelaide game stepped up in big moments had some really crucial plays and you know you would expect him to continue that sort of form in the grand final yeah their their
1: defense against Port Adelaide in that preliminary final Port Adelaide had every stat going for them they were going to get inside 50 more they just couldn't get the ball past these players you got Boston you got Grimes, you got Bolter, you've got Asprey. They they just played so well and were able to rebound and keep it out. They they might not have been to keep it out for long, but it came back in and they got it out again
0: because <laughs> they did really well in defense, won that game for Richmond. Yeah, you and I were talking before the show about how, um, you know, you're looking at two teams that are playing two different systems and it sort of will be who plays the system better or who sort of counteracts the other system. But you can't ignore the talent that they have uh, in their back line. Um, Vlosten, Bashahooli, Baker, Grimes, uh, you know, we talked about Bolter going forward um, there. But um, Nathan Broad, they've all been amazing. And a massive stat that I I read before is that uh, Broad, Grimes and Vlosten have not lost a one-on-one contest. This final series Which is incredible You're kidding me Where did you say that just, I'm trying to find The actual website there That I found it I accidentally closed the window But that is an incredible stat That is
1: absolutely amazing Have not lost a one on one contest I know Grimes is really good For one on one contests Uh, He speaks well A couple of Richmond players I'm going to be honest Do like to You know Put a bit of mustard on it Do a little bit of flopping And Grimes is one of them And he actually won my respect With one of his interviews he did He actually just needs to stop doing that, like we've spoken about in the NBA. you just got to stop doing that and stop flopping and just play the game and you'll be more respected. So Rewalt has been known for doing that as well. I don't think Tom Lynch has been a flopper. And Tom Lynch is only hated because of the cheap acts that he does throughout the game.
0: Yeah, not not so much a a flopper. He definitely... um Entices the opposition to do silly things and then the moment they have the reaction and that you know The famous saying that the retaliation always gets caught So I don't know if it's a flopping sort of aspect But he does make sure that the umpire is looking when that retaliation comes but He's doing everything in his arsenal to make sure that his team's the success and you know We always talk about that sort of role that they're playing and that's his role and He's has no problem playing the bad guy and um and it's what he needs to do to get himself up for for a game so I've got no problems with that. Um, I'm not a big fan of it myself, and I, I wouldn't want it happening from my club, but if he wins a premiership on, on the weekend, he's a two-time premiership player. So yeah, how, exactly. can you, how can you argue
1: that? I, I think with all the talk about it, though, the umpires will be aware of it, so they'll be able to do that kind of thing. But the big, I think the biggest task for Richmond in this game is Toby Nankervis. And the big ruckman with Geelong not having a regular ruckman, Toby Nankervis needs to dominate. Now, we saw last week in the prelim final against Port Adelaide in that first quarter, he was taking intercept marks in the back line. If he can do something similar and just drop in the hole, do that against those Ruckman, I know Stanley will try and push him forward. Toby Nancurvis has to try and beat him around the ground and beat him in that defense. That will go a long way
0: for Richmond winning. Yeah, most definitely. The, the, ruck, the ruck matchup, uh, not only in the actual matchup itself, in terms of the actual clearances, is going to dictate this game. Whoever wins that clearance going forward, we know that once the team has the ball, whether it be Geelong or Richmond, they control the pill, they set up there and they anchor their, their offence and they do it quite well. Nan Curvis has been really, really strong. Stanley's probably having um, the best final series of any Geelong ruckman over the last 10 years, um, considering <laughs> that they haven't had a ruckman and that is really pivotal to why Geelong are, are being successful.
1: Yeah, he's he's done really well with pushing forward and and trying to kick goals and trying to make the other Ruckman accountable. So that's what he has to do with Toby Nankervis. But Nankervis proved to us last week that he can play in defense. He he took four intercept marks last week. He can do those kind of things. But you've got to look at the weaknesses of Richmond and where Geelong are going to try and beat them. You've got Marlon Pickett. I don't
0: think his disposal is up to it. Uh, does he get? Does he get a game this week? Because it's possible of getting dropped, isn't he? Yeah, because there was big talk last week. He had eight touches in the first half, and then he went missing for the rest of, sort of the game. Um, you got people like Josh Caddy, and you know Marbault. he probably doesn't get an actual game there. But someone with the experience of Josh Caddy knocking on the door, do you bring in a fresh face or do you leave it unchanged? Look, they're going to leave it unchanged, and that's
1: what's going to happen. If it was up to me, I'd drop Marlon Pickett for Josh Caddy. Um, I'd try and look at dropping Daniel Rioli as well. I know he's kicked a couple. He's kicked a couple of big
0: goals, and you, you always and hunt, head for this bloke, mate. No, always head
1: Daniel Daniel, I don't think he is up to it in the best teams, twenty-two of the league. I think he miskicks a, a, a lot, and I reckon he can be replaced by someone better at Richmond. It's not going to happen. He's going to play. Marlon Pickett's probably going to play. I would play Josh Caddy. He's a Premiership player at his third club. And, and been like that before, been a notable goal kicker. And uh, it's not going to happen for him, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, and I think especially when the game is as close as it is, you want to have the best um, opportunity for success, obviously, out there. Needing to have the best lineup, And I don't know why you wouldn't bring premiership experience. And don't give me this rubbish about Marlon Picker's got premiership experience because if he does win, he'll be you know, winning a <laughs> two premierships in 20 games. That is not experience. You've got Josh Caddy, as you said, a proven talent. Kicked big goals in big games. He knows how to how to get there. He's unfortunately lost his uh, spot because of the way that Richmond have been rolling. I'd be bringing him in, and uh, I think that would give them a better chance for, for you know actually getting a third premiership in four years.
1: I, I think it would. They're not going to do it, probably, nah, no but
0: uh, that's their weakness. We've talked about their strengths. How do Richmond win this game? For me, Richmond win the game by controlling and stopping the the game plan of Geelong. Geelong like to control the footy. They like to take uncontested marks. They like to use that kick game. The weather's going to play a big part in that, so it'll be interesting to see whether, you know, Geelong adjust. But for me, Richmond control the defensive game. They anchor a lot of that through that dash through the middle, that quick burst. The... The Gabba doesn't suit that sort of ground for them, for them to play that sort of brand. But if they play their brand, if they get their stars open, they can pile on a score quickly and they can, you know, you've got Lynch, Rewald. we just talked about uh, Bolter and um, you've got Castagne who sneaks up for a goal every other time. I think that they've got enough firepower there to, to, to be able to kick a winning score and contain Geelong. Geelong have had a lot of issues with goal kicking, and we talk about their defence. Their defence is quite strong, at Pez, as we speak. You know, you've got you know, we just talked about them not being able to lose a one-on-one contest this year. It's really going to be hard for Geelong to get that ball in there. And earlier in the year, when they when they beat them, that's what they did. They set up that wall. Geelong were unable to get past that sort of that centre that centre uh, wall, and they continually just made Geelong pay. And that's what Richmond do. They make you pay when you turn it over.
1: And, and that's what they have to do. Uh, Geelong will probably have to try and control the ball. But Richmond, the one word starts with P. It's pressure. Richmond have shown it in every game, every big game. Some games they've they have been, oh, you know what, against Sydney earlier in the year. We'll just play. We'll, we'll do what we need to do. But in finals footy against St Kilda, it was all about pressure. St Kilda couldn't get the ball up forward. They couldn't kick the ball over their defence. Uh, and that's what Richmond will be hoping for with Geelong. They want to make Geelong, kick it down, long down the line. They've got those big defenders. They've got Grimes. They've got Bolter. They've got Asprey. To intercept the ball, to to keep going back and to get that ball, they actually take risks. They're one of the best teams in the comp. They take risks. They go into the middle. They get the ball to the other wing and then they go inside forward 50. So they don't just bomb the ball down the wing, bomb the ball. It's never been a grand final winning formula. They can't just do that. They have they have to take those kicks into the middle. They do that. They go there. They kick it down forward. Tom Lynch,
0: Jack Rewalt. Opportunity to kick goals. Yeah, and you talk about the pressure and that's exactly what happened earlier in this year I mean it was a completely different game and a completely different lineup You know the the lineup that had last time the cats were out. Joel Selwood Stanley Rowan Ablett And the Tigers were missing Edwards Prestia and Asprey so completely different But that's exactly what Richmond did and they kept it along to its lowest score of the year Only kicking 31 uh, points for the game. They, they piled it on uh, 57 they probably could have absolutely thumped along they had 15 points that game But it was that applied pressure from the back line, um, people that we spoke about, Shay Bolton, was amazing. Collected three Brownlow votes for that game. And that's going to be key for them. You know they've got, to, they've got to control and win those clearances. They lost them in that game, that round 17 game. But if you put pressure on Geelong, we've seen that the game style that they have doesn't always stand up in finals. And it's an unusual one to even get to a grand final, which makes me extremely nervous.
1: Oh, has to make you nervous because you, you speak about Richmond and how they can win and their pressure is the, the scariest thing for an opposition club and uh, that's how they're going to win their game. We spoke about a little bit of weaknesses but we do have to move on and we'll go on to Geelong. We have to speak about their strengths and we have to speak about their weaknesses and then we're going to talk about
0: how Geelong can win this grand final and take away Richmond's dynasty. Yeah, that's a that's a discussion for another day. This dynasty business, Pez, because you and I had a very detailed discussion before this. Let's jump straight into Geelong. I mean, it's obviously the the the, the um, complete reverse of what we just said, Pez. If the, if Geelong gets sucked into playing Richmond's game, they lose straight out. It's straight out. The way that they win the game is to. Play the game and you know we talked about how they've really lent into this game style Not only have they lent into it They've gone over the top with it averaging 76 more disposals per game in the finals compared to the regular season So they've bought into this system. The system is successful if they kick straight It is a system that provides a lot of opportunities for Geelong to to score They've just got to make sure they score. They've been probably one of the best teams throughout the final series. They were a little bit unlucky that first week being inaccurate, really blowing them out of their game. For me, they need to control the midfield. They need to cl- they need to control the clearances and get first look at the pill to anchor forward and not even worrying about having to set up a system from the back line. We know that they've got some absolute superstars in there and just kick it forward and go.
1: See, I, I think one of their big things is going to be moving from the back line forward and I think defense usually wins premierships and both clubs are going to be like this is what our defense is like and we are going to have to move it, move it forward through our wingmen through our midfields and do things like that you make a good point of if they win it in the middle and they get it forward you've got Hawkins and you've got Gary Rowan who has been known to take an overhead mark in big moments uh, sometimes he goes missing and usually it's during during the year, games during <laughs> games sometimes but He has the potential to to take this game by the scruff of the neck and be able to kick a few goals. Uh, I I like Sam Simpson, how he's still in the team, how he was in at the start of the finals, and they're keeping with him. I think he uses the ball well. I think he does things like that. Uh, And their wingmen, all Australian wingmen, Duncan, Menengola, they've got to be able to continue to do that. I think they do have more weaknesses than Richmond, which is strange to say because they probably have more players that are better named than them but they've got more weaknesses than richmond
0: i think they've got more weaknesses uh, across the ground in terms of the way that they play whereas one thing goes wrong for geelong and the game plan sort of unfolds whereas richmond one thing sort of goes wrong and the system sort of saves them a little bit and then that sounds funny because you're talking a system versus a game plan because the system is is flexible richmond's f- system is flexible Geelong need to make a decision early how they're going to play this game if it is a wet game You need to adjust that game plan You need to make sure that you're attacking the game differently because otherwise Richmond will open it up Where does Dangerfield start? Does he start in the middle? For me, I think one of the keys to winning this game is making an impact early, putting your best midfield in the, the center of the ground and forcing Richmond to start Dusty Martin there as well. They like to start him down forward. They like him to sort of have that first sort of look in the forward entry. But if you have Dust, you know, Dustin Martin being forced to go into that midfield, now you now they're playing the game on your terms.
1: You're a Geelong supporter. Who are the who are the four midfielders that you put in? Dangerfield,
0: Guffrey, Duncan, and Selwood. Straight out
1: So they're the four You take out you got to take out One of them And you got to put A ruckman in No. Nah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Who's going to ruck Nah we'll, well Duncan comes out Because Duncan goes on the wing And, yep. you, and you put You put uh, Stanley in there Obviously But yep. f- for, for me I oh, think I would have said The exact same mate. I think Dangerfield Has to start in the middle I think There is no point Having him there To kick goals If you can't get it Out of the middle if you get crushed in that middle, it's not even. Don't even worry where Dangerfield's playing. Why not have an absolute beast in there who can go get it for you? Every time he goes in there, he gets the pill. He is going to be putting everything in this. He's going to be chomping at the bit, never playing a grand final at the age of thirty. His whole career, never played one. Not only AFL level, we're talking youngers when they're in juniors. We're talking Oz kick stuff. Never played. Put him in midfield, unleash the ball. Let him go. The biggest thing that would hurt him is he went over in 2017 to play
1: a, a prelim yeah. against Adelaide, against his old side, and and lost and didn't get to play against Richmond there. He gets to play against Richmond tonight. Uh, oh, I think your strength and Geelong's strength, Blitzarves, Taylor, Stewart, have been amazing down back. If they can continue to intercept the ball and do that, I think if forward line lets you down. You've got grind Myers and Luke Dalhouse. I think they, they kind of go hand in hand. They're probably in your bottom six and I don't rate them that highly. They can pop up for a couple of goals here and there. I don't think Dalhouse can. I think my I would choose Myers over Dalhouse. But I think Dal has been really disappointing this year.
0: Yeah, hundred percent, really disappointing. He was brought in to inject some pace into that forward line. He definitely has done that. He's still applying that sort of uh, that that defensive pressure from a forward, but it's not what you want from uh, your forward when you're celebrating his his season. You don't want to be saying, "Oh, he was really good at uh some defensive pressure." You want to say, "Hey, he kicked you know ten eleven snags for us." Grime Myers, Grime Myers, you know, his second season, he definitely shows his inexperience at times, makes some poor skill errors, but for him. He gets enough of the pill and he pops up in the right times. Hopefully he can get a couple of snags because when he's playing well, it means that Geelong's forward structure is working well. Either they're leading to to Hawkins or they've really opened it up. And like you said with Rowan, standing up in those big moments is what they need from those players if, if they want to win. If they want to even get a shot, they need those big players need to stand up, but you need the role players to work as well. Because you know Richmond is all role players. They all do their bit. It's not relying on one aspect. So for Geelong, those those bottom six, as you said, they need to have respectable games.
1: Now, the, all this discussion is making me nervous for you, <laughs> Source, because uh, I know I still don't know who I want to win. Like, in terms of who I want, as an analyst, I think Richmond will probably take it out. But do I want to barrack for Geelong on the day? Yeah, is, you is, do, mate. Is, Come on. Is this what Come I want on. to do? Because then Geelong will win their fourth
0: in... 14 years Yeah that's alright uh, You want you want another year of Richmond You want another year of Richmond Is that, is that what you want? Look I don't know what I want I think Even it's if I wasn't following Geelong If they were playing You know If they were playing St Kilda for example That's a bad example If they were playing Carlton for example Very bad example I don't want another year of Richmond Do you know what I mean? Like it's it, it, They haven't been gracious Premiership winners like, They definitely haven't They've been Horrible members They're always a horrible Sort of supporter base No, well, well, no offence Richmond supporters And <laughs>
1: And you say horrible, I say they're being respectable in terms of when they're, when they're down, and really honestly, when they're down and they're down the bottom of the ladder, they still get a hell of a lot of people at the footy.
0: Yeah, but do they? 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 They are the first team to turn on their team. You're not talking about any other team microwaving their memberships, and that happens every other year with Richmond when they're not winning. And for me, that's not a supporter. And I don't care if you have 40,000 there. When you've got 170,000, of course, you're going to get 40 people that are always there. And that's like any club. You've got your passionate ones. The majority of those supporters only pop up when they are winning.
1: Oh, listen to Sauzy. He's going at it. we have <laughs> going at it now. Richmond versus Geelong at the Gabba tomorrow night. <laughs> at it's, the Gabba, yeah. <laughs> oh, it, it's crazy. At the Gabba. With the MCG turf, though, you've got to remember the MCG turf. Oh, what's, what's the Gabba, Gabba CG? No, end. no, no. There's just a little bit of turf when they walk out. And they oh, it's like GME HBA. Out <laughs> out. You know what? Um, oh, I'm going to look at it a different way. They run out. you got Dangerfield and Dusty. One of them, whoever runs out first. Say Richmond went out first, yeah? Dusty runs, puts his left foot on the MCG turf, does his ACL.
0: Can't play. <laughs> Let's uh, move on from that. <laughs> Let's not even go near that. But it is an absolute mouth-watering. Dish for football because you've got danger versus dusty you're talking two big key forwards Lynch versus Hawkins You're talking about two elite back lines Very but, elite and that's yeah, why they're there and, and exactly right But for me, it, it's and you've also got two, you know two coaches who are really been in, in the forefront you had Scott Who's uh, one won a premiership in his first year hasn't been back since and you had Hardwick, who you know R- Richmond supporters wanted his head before they went to the the promised land and I think there's a lot of great stories And we haven't even mentioned the best story of all gary ablett playing his last game ever what a fairy tale finish what a champion to get his third premiership two Brownlow medals eight all australians and absolutely top off an amazing career as probably one of the greatest players in the modern day maybe even of all time you you have to
1: save it for last because exactly what you said but uh me with my age you with your age gary ablett's probably the best player we have ever seen oh, easily that
0: we've seen the whole career though and that's the difference. Yes, I've seen Gary Ablett Senior. Yes, I've seen Wayne Carey play. Yes, I've seen – Oh, well, I haven't seen a little bit of Lee Matthews. I'm not that old. Uh, but for me – I thought you – were oh. Up, oh. Right, Watching that whole career, he has been an absolute beast. And it's an amazing career that he's had and how successful he's been at, at two clubs.
1: Yeah, you've you got to speak about that. But like Wayne Carey, I, I didn't know the greatness of him when I was eight years old. You know what I mean? I've seen Gary Ablett's whole career – with with how old I am at the moment. So uh, <laughs> Gary Ablett up there for me. Gary Ablett Senior, didn't see him. My my old man, everyone else, all my mates' old men, they say, you know what, Gary Ablett was the best that they could have ever seen. And I imagine it's what we're going to say in 20 years to to the young kids. We're going to be saying Gary Ablett Junior was absolutely amazing. You, you didn't see him play. You couldn't do this and there's going to be someone else that they – Admire
0: and they love Yeah and it's, that's why that's, that debate is always amazing to have And you know I remember a night that we had peers Looking at the uh, If you ever get a chance at uh, Colonial Stadium there is an amazing um, – what's the room called? The EJ Wittenbar. bar. There's an amazing um, whole wall mural and it goes the – Decade almost, by decade. Decade by decade. And that is probably one of the best debates that you and I have had, Pez. I think we are watching a, a game that obviously wasn't an absolute it wasn't going. At
1: halftime, we started looking
0: at it <laughs> and we didn't, we didn't we, watch we, the rest of the game. We, we, it's we a terrible game, there. Obviously watching St Kilda. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm not allowed to say that. No, you're not. Uh, but it was a yeah, and, and that's what what makes the debate so fun. And this will either you know add to that amazing sort of um, debate with with Gary Ablett, or uh, it probably won't get mentioned. But the fact that he was able to get back there in his in his last game, it's pretty special either way. It's it's really special.
1: Uh, he, the supporter in me and the the person in me, I, I think I want Geelong to win. I'm still not sure because Geelong will win four, Richmond will win three. Uh, because of that reason. Analyst hat on, Source, as you told me before the show, I'm going to pick Richmond
0: by three goals in the grand final. Yeah. A- analyst hat on. Uh, analyst hat on. I do think that Richmond have a better side, but there's no chance I'm making a prediction to, to <laughs> say that. Uh, oh, Richmond so you're talking <laughs> about no, no, me no. last week? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I have made. The, as an analyst, I think that Richmond has the better side, and I think that they are in a better position to win the grand final. But if I'm talking prediction. I think that uh, the festivity of it, with you know Gary Ablett's last game, the way that they've approached it, you know the 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 midfield battle that we spoke about. I think that Geelong get the chocolates by six. <laughs> yeah, after all <laughs> that, <you laughs> say that, all right.
1: Well, we don't have to do anything now because you've got a long time to wait until that grand final because it's at night tomorrow. Not even, not
0: even twenty four hours away.
1: <laughs> very very nervous and. W- this is an early show if, if it's it over 24 <laughs> hours today for the Behind the Boundary podcast. But we're going to leave it there at Behind the Bound on Twitter and Instagram because you guys need to follow along there. <laughs> Behind the boundary on Facebook. I'm Pez. Go. I don't even know who to say go. Come on, I'm Pez. Pick one. Pick Peace one. Out.
0: Pick one. Go someone.
1: Nah, I, I can't go for anyone tomorrow. I can't
0: I can't do it. That's poor form. Peace out. I'm still source. Go the catters. Now no.